It is podcast time, hockey fans. Thank you for watching this Dan K. Show production presented by the Pueblo Bulls. Hello, everyone, and welcome back once again to the Most Watched Podcast in Junior Hockey. Everyone can take a deep breath. It's okay. The rightful balance has been restored. I will be doing the introduction on this podcast. Dan K. will be doing the closeout. I know last episode was weird for a lot of people. It was weird for us, too, and now I bring in a man who weird is not is nothing more than just a state of mind. A man who, when given an opportunity to record a really good, insightful podcast, to really dive into the future of hockey, calls me an hour before and says, can we test the Zoom quality at the pool? Because I'm trying to hang out today. It is a man wearing a bucket hat. It's Dan Kay. Dan, welcome to the show. Lucas, what's going on? And work never stops. That's that's number one, right? Whether you're whether you're in the rink, the gym, or at the pool, work is never finished. It's never done. So for me today, I got myself a cup of Joe. I got out here. It's ninety degrees, a nice cool westerly breeze coming off the Gulf of Mexico down here in Florida right now, and I had to take advantage of it. So I'm full bucket hat, full tank. We're just ready to go. And and these guys we're bringing in right now. This, this team's going to be a tank this year to deal with. This team's going to be an absolute bother for squads throughout the NCDC West. Gentlemen, I'm gonna, you guys have been on this show so much now at this point. I'm going to let you introduce yourselves. And I'll start with a guy who, whose name gets chanted a bit uh, from the Dan K show. Sir, let the folks know who we're talking to here. Yeah, no, great uh, great ambiance you got there going. I, I think we're a little jealous in here in the the office. But, uh, no, Tyler Tunerberg, general manager of the Pueblo Bulls Hockey Club, uh, and then uh, actually just driving home from his uh, sophomore uh, sophomore season at Canisius College, we have our, our director of scouting, Alex Houston. So pleasure to be on, guys. Thanks. Yeah, awesome to be here. And obviously, obviously good to see you guys again. It's been probably five or six years since I think – Last time I saw you guys was 2016 USPHL All-Star Game. So, been a little while. So, good to see you guys. Thanks for having us on. And that call when you were on the ice, Houston, we've got no problems right now. That's what we're talking about. I don't think we got any problems in Pueblo. We're recapping the draft. And I kind of watched this draft unfold. It, it's such a different look than what you get at the professional level. For folks who don't know, Tier 2, Tier 1 drafting a lot of times it can be it can be light work. It can be small numbers of guys that you're bringing in. You're fine tuning, or you're looking towards the future. In other moments, you could be building an entire roster, or an entire list of guys that you can call upon over the next few years. For Pueblo, it's a little mixture of both. You guys were in the Premier last year with a lot of success. You're moving over to the NCDC. Tunes, I'll start with you. You guys are in that war room getting prepared for this draft. I mean, what's the what's the conversations coming in? What are the thought processes? What would you say is the overarching theme of what you're trying to do in that room? Yeah. No, I think uh, if there's one word that I can use for our group on, on draft day, it was prepared. I think uh, there was hardly any scatter. Uh, we had a great list of players. Alex and his staff did an outstanding job identifying prospects and um, having those conversations with them prior to the draft and continuing to work that uh, that angle post draft. But uh, our coaching staff, you know, uh, putting in their insights to to kind of what we're looking for, um, and then obviously our ownership, you know, allotting us the the opportunity to travel and 
make sure that we're, we're doing everything we can to see these players. So, you know, you go through our draft. I, I feel very confident in the guys we got. Um, definitely a wide net. We took uh, quite a few guys that, you know, we, we will touch on here in a little bit here, um, you know, going at the tier one level. But uh, um, all of these guys could be Pueblo Bulls. And I think for for a player in their junior career, uh, whether they're junior in high school, sophomore in some cases, uh, they got a promising future, especially being uh, being involved with our league and what we've got going on. So um, I would say we were, we were very prepared. We had a great list of players, um, you know, kind of uh, kind of looking at what Alex and his staff. I, I know I touched on it already, but uh, they did a great job, especially for our first draft. We've never gone through this before, um, but, you know, I feel like we were very, very prepared. And uh, a lot of that goes to him and his staff. So. And, and Alex, we, we go to you now. One of my favorite things about the Pueblo Bulls organization and us meeting them for the first time and working with them over the last couple of years here, it's the youth in this building, right? Not just on the ice, but but in the front office, on the bench, throughout this entire community, there's a future of the game feeling to this. When you're when you're looking at this draft, you're looking at this organization, you guys come together to put this scouting list together. What is it like working with a lot of guys that are that are around the same age range as you in that same category, kind of looking towards the future of the game? And and how do you guys kind of wield that into putting together your scouting lists and, and your uh, your draft list that you got together on the board? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think for me, uh, again, you touch on it, the youth within the program. Obviously, you talk about myself and the rest of the staff. I think uh, it, it adds another layer of, of obviously excitement to a lot of these kids. Right. I, I think, again, you talk about the age within our program. All of us are extremely motivated and, and are, are right out of the game or still in it, in my case, and, and want to make sure that, that these opportunities and obviously the conversations we're having, we, we make sure they know what we're all about. They make sure We obviously make sure that they know that they can be comfortable with us and that we understand their development patterns and we want to help them get to the next level and we understand how to do that. Um, so again, for me, obviously being new to this process as well, it's extremely exciting to be in this position. And obviously, again, to, to Tune's point, I, I'm really happy with the, the group we drafted here this year. Uh, and I think we learned a lot of things about this process. And I, again, I couldn't be more excited to, uh, to see how these guys pan out for us in the future. Now, first guy off the board, Garen Slezak, a left defenseman of Euro 06. This is a guy I heard a lot about coming into the, the draft. What's the moment that you know Slezak is your guy? I mean, who who's taking this question here? Tunes, is this you? Houston, is this you? I mean, who knows first? Who says Slezak's going to be the guy off the board? Yeah, I, I think for me, right, you talk about Garen. We actually acquired him via a tender prior to the draft. So, obviously, double down on that. Not only does he display as our first-round pick, but we actually used a tender document on him. And I, I think for me, you talk about Garen uh, – and, you know, for our first few round picks, I'm going to use this word a lot. You talk about professionalism, right? Uh, the conversations I had with Garen, his family, his advisors, um, again, nothing short of a pro, this kid. It's yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, off the ice, you talk about on the ice. The kid has such great poise, such great talent. Uh, he's got good size and moves the puck really well. He moves up and down the ice really well, which is going to, you know, suit him really well coming out west. He'll be a, a big name for us, I think. Now, now, Tunes, when you guys are in this war room and you guys decide to use a tender, right? You only get so many. And you use yep. this tender, it takes your first-round pick off the board. What's what's the filter system look like in that room? Is this Alex makes the call and we're going? Is this Tunes is involved? 
how how much is Coach Will Hyten Bob is Jerry in the room rocking his uh, bolo tie and his and his uh, cowboy hat? What what happens in that decision making process to get that number one off the board? Yeah, no, and uh, I'm glad you brought Jerry up. You know, he kind of set the tone for our organization. Uh, we, we hire guys to do their jobs, right? I think for for us, we have great communication, uh, talk daily. Uh, again, we've all had a great relationship coming into this, right? Uh, you know, Chris is in these conversations, Coach Will Height, um, you know, doing his thing and letting us know what he's looking for. Um, he watches just as many players as we do, right? It's uh, the guys that he's going to work with. And, you know, we have a system that we want to play. Uh, he's going to be able to feed those players right into it. So you talk about it, it's really open lines of communication. Um, we have situations where I ask our guys to, to really vouch for somebody. You want them, you want to go after them. Uh, Garen was that guy, obviously, with us out here in the NCDC West. We have, uh, uh, we're going to have some 06s in the lineup. They're going to be playing every night. Uh, we're going to have some younger flavor out here. And, um, you know, to get a player of his caliber to really kind of set that tone, uh, potentially talk to other players, you know, who, who may be looking at the same thing, right? He's a guy that's very well spoken um, and kind of sets the tone for for that group of, uh, of 06s specifically. So really kind of a, an open line of communication and uh, all hands on deck in, in terms of player decision. And, and kind of how we do things. So it may take a little bit longer, um, but we don't want to miss, right? And if we do miss, we want to miss small. And I think that's important. And you look at it, one of the things for the folks at home that's exciting about this new NCDC West product is the idea that this younger age range, these guys getting a lot of ice time, it puts you on the, the precipice of the USHL. It puts you on the precipice of Division One College. It puts you on you have a lot of options, right? You have a lot of opportunities to move in a lot of different directions with your game. And guys, I think there was already some overlap on your draft board with the USHL in this year's draft. You got talk about that a little bit. Yeah, no, that was really exciting for us. Um, we had quite a few guys that I, I think could have been there. They may not have gotten picked, but you're you're in that right spot, right? Our our job is to commit these guys Division One, uh, move them up the ladder. Uh, you know, we had nine guys go in either the Phase One, which is strictly 2007s for the USHL. Um, and then the phase two is is anywhere from 06s to our age outs with the 03s. So uh, we had nine guys go three in the phase one with our 07s, um, which you look at that, those guys, they're maybe a year or year to three out um, from, you know, being in the NCDC, still very young, still great players, um, but have a little bit of development to go to. Uh, you know, Alex and, and Marty Wakeland, our director of per, uh, player personnel, uh, they'll work with those guys extremely close, um, you know, track them throughout the year, make sure that they, uh, you know, what we've got going on here in Pueblo. So uh, the six who went in phase two, um, you'll, you'll see some of those guys next year. Um, you know, there's some guys that we're still working through some things. Uh, obviously, you know, if they get a chance to play in the USHL, um, that, that opens up doors that are, are immaculate, especially at, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. So for us, we're working through it with those guys. Uh, another name that you guys will probably see next season, Tyron Favory uh, out of Des Moines. He did not go in the USHL draft. Uh, great, great player, right? I think he's listed at 5'10", 197. Uh, he's got a man's body. He's ready to play juniors. Um, you know, he's a, a guy who can skate up and down the ice and, and really do his thing uh, offensively. So you look at the young players, you know, you got to find guys who are mature. You got to find guys who are ready to make this jump, um, especially out here west. We have road trips. We're away from home. Uh, in a lot of cases. So uh, trying to keep the West Coast kids, you know, on the West Coast, but, you know, we want the best players. So um, you you look at a guy like Tyron Favory, um, I think he'll be a great asset for the Bulls. I think he'll be a, a, a juggernaut up front, a workhorse, somebody who can get in and 
um, you know, create. And I think Alex talked a lot about the North-South play. Uh, it's wide open out here. A lot of high-scoring games. Um, with that being said, another player, uh, you know, that we like to touch on is Christian Kirsch. He's a goaltender. So with that high-flying offense out here, um, you know, Houston's is more of our goalie guy. So I'll, I'll pass that along to him. Uh, but that'll be another guy that you guys will see. Yeah, and I, I love the kind of the mix-up as well. A lot of different positions going in the first few. You had defenseman, then center, then netminder and Kirsch, then back to center, then another defenseman, then a forward, right? Do you feel like you guys need to have that variety? Yeah, I think 100%, right? And, and we touch on it, you know, taking all different positions, right? It's important, again, to, to your to your point, is to you know, make sure you diversify those first few rounds, especially, right, you talk about, uh, you know, these guys getting selected and that overlap in the USHL. Uh, it's our job in the NCDC to make sure that these guys have the best place to come play and develop and get ready for a league like the USHL or a straight-up commitment to the NCAA. And obviously, from our standpoint, we're a fresh team. We're an expansion program. We have a lot of a lot of holes that we need to fill. Uh, and we really feel like we did that, obviously, again, in this draft and throughout the whole process. And just to segue into talking a little bit about Christian Kirsch, uh, if you've been paying attention to World Juniors at all, uh, he represented Team Switzerland over there, uh, played really well. You know, he actually got some action against Team Canada. Again, you talk about that international experience. That's extremely invaluable. Again, I'm going to use this word again, and I hate to be redundant, but again, you talk about a kid that's professional. You look at him, right, he's playing against kids that are going to be NHL draft picks that are committed NCAA Division One over in these international tournaments, and he handles himself really well. Uh, and again, you, you talk about NCAA commitments, he's already committed to UMass. So this is a kid, again, the trajectory is there. He was drafted in the USHL as well. Uh, trajectory is there for him, and we hope to be a stepping stone to get him to the places that he wants to go. Now, is that overlap between your draft and then the Phase 1 and Phase 2 drafts that you talked about, do you feel like that's validation for for your organization, the scouting that you're doing, the players that – that you're kind of looking at are also being looked at and kind of have that trajectory, what you just mentioned? Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, we, we watch that closely, right, those drafts. And, you know, for us, obviously it's another junior league, but we understand that, you know, these kids need the best opportunities possible, and the USHL gives them that along with us. And, again, we talk about being that stepping stone, especially for these younger players to to give them that year or two to develop them and, and give them the opportunity to play junior hockey and move on to that level earlier than some of their peers, right? And, and again, it, the validation is 100% there. Uh, you know, again, guys that I think could have been drafted in the USHL, there's quite a few that uh, didn't go that were on our board. But again, I, I think at the end of the day, really confident in these kids and, the, and obviously the team that, that we drafted here. Uh, and again, just seeing so many of our guys, especially in the early rounds being drafted in the USHL, 100% gives us that feeling of validation, but also, again, sets that trajectory, which, you know, we're really excited to be a part of coming into the Tier 2 Juniors. You know, you also use the word professional uh, a lot, but I think it's really important because as the game gets gets younger, you're reaching a group of hockey players that, you know, we talk about the 18 to 20s being young men. Right. But then as you start to draft 06s, 07s, even starting to look at, you know, 08s, 09s down the pipeline, you're talking about about about, you know, young men as well, but that are still younger in their development. Right. So when you talk about professionalism, I don't think it's it's out of line to say that for these younger players, it's important to learn that respect 
that not quite deference, but a healthy respect for coaches, scouts, people who come in, they want to talk to you about the game. Does that start at, at such a young age with the teams they're playing for? Because it obviously has a huge impact as you talk about trajectory moving up the line. Absolutely, it does. And I think one of the, you know, one of the things, like I run a summer program too, and my goal for those guys is to develop them into young men and hockey players. But the thing, you know, one thing that I, I remember talking to them about in, our, in one of our meetings last summer is there are so many really, really good hockey players. There are, you know, thousands upon thousands, obviously, in North America, but I'll see you talk about Europe. We drafted players from a number of different countries and countless states in this draft. And, again, the person, you know, someone we might not have been drafted might ju- have been just as good as someone that we did draft, right? But the difference is the person and the credibility. And the only way that you can develop those things and obviously, uh, again, talk about that credibility and talk about your impressions on people the only person that can control that is the player. Uh, you know, I, I don't care how old you are. Like, I have 09s that I coach that are, you know, extremely respectful young men, 08s, 07s, 06s, right? And obviously, the younger you get, there's a little bit more discrepancy there, but it starts now for all these kids, right? Uh, the first impression is extremely important. Uh, it's not just the first impression with us. It's the first impression with their coaches, their teammates, their parents, et cetera. We watch it all. And we learn about it all. And again, to your point, it plays an incredible role, uh, obviously, from our standpoint, from, but also from theirs to differentiate themselves from the, again, countless players that are within their skill level. So 100% important. You know, it kind of reminds me, Dan, of, of the idea of teachers in elementary school saying you better behave because it'll go on your permanent record. Right. And in schools, <laughs> there really there isn't a permanent record. Right. Once you switch buildings, you're, you're starting fresh. But. In the hockey world, on the previous podcast with the Las Vegas Desert Cup, we talked about how small the hockey world really is and how much smaller it feels like it's gotten over the last decade or so because of the increase of social media, right? The growth of even things like how ubiquitous email is, being able to scout things on, on hockey TV and other platforms, right? Being able to do so much more essentially from your office, it does feel like that world is a little bit smaller. So it feels like in hockey, there is kind of a pseudo permanent record, right? As someone who has a, a bit of an issue, maybe being a part of a team or being coached at a younger age, 14, 15, 16, that could potentially follow a player unless they're able to demonstrate in a very real way that they've overcome that particular challenge. And a coach will always reward you for overcoming a challenge, for recognizing you may have made a mistake and for trying to trying to improve that. But if all you do is try to hide that, the coaches and the staff and the scouts, they're going to figure that out, right? So as you just said, it's it's something where, you know, you're talking to people and you, you're going to figure out kind of what a player is all about before they even enter into your draft list. Yeah, hands down. Again, you even mentioned it too. You talk about how small the hockey world is. Like, I'm not just talking to these players' coaches. I'm talking to other scouts. I'm talking to other coaches in other leagues that know of these players, that might have drafted these players or looking at these players, even collegiate-level coaches, right? Uh, you know, we, we cross sports with them all the time. Uh, I have conversations with people every day that ask me about other players. I ask them about players, right? It, it, it's an extremely small world. And you even touch on social media as well. Like, a simple comment the wrong thing, uh, putting a – a post on your thread, whether it's the last picture on a side of pictures you post or the first one, 
right? We, we do look at those things, right? That's, that's one of the first judgments of character that you can take a look at, especially with how public all that information is. And for kids, including myself, like I, I always thought, you know, it was kind of just a, a normal saying for parents to get on you about social media. It, it's so important, right? Being in the position I am now, I see how important it is to make sure you maintain that professional image, both in person and online. So that is a great, that's a great point. Yeah, and it's viewing ourselves as a brand, as an athlete, even even at the beginning of it, right? And it's it's understanding for parents too involved in this, as well as players, that the same way an NCAA Division One coach has conversations with guys at the NHL level before a draft pick is made, the same thing happens all the way down the ladder of this game. The same way an NCAA Division One coach talks to a D three guy, the same way that a junior coach talks to these college coaches, the same way that. It'll trickle all the way down until you're growing up through this game, right? So we're, we're always looking at ourselves as a brand. And, and we want to ensure that, that that brand doesn't have a squeaky tire on it, right? Or, or a recall or anything going on with ourselves early on. It's each ladder of development we should be developing ourselves on and off the ice. And that, that's an exciting thing about what you guys do here. And, and Tunes, I'm going to kind of turn this back to this Pueblo brand. You guys have the number one social media team and podcast on, on Planet Colorado right now. You guys are winning awards there with uh, the Around the Horns Network and yeah. the great guys in Mario and Tristan. You guys look at the front office. You talk about how everyone's doing their job, right? Everyone has their role. It's like Bill Belichick, just do your job. Yeah. Everyone's got that, that going on. This new brand coming into Pueblo, this tier two brand, talk to me, talk to not just the folks in Pueblo who are going to be buying those season tickets all off season long, getting ready for this new brand, but some of these players, these families that are going to be coming in and some future bulls down the road, what are we looking at in year one of Operation Pueblo Bulls Domination? Yeah, yeah, no, I uh, I know you guys love Pueblo. I love Pueblo. Uh, things are really good here in Bulls country. Obviously, uh, the around the Horns guys, they the, what they do is incredible. Uh, you know, I I got to be careful with my words here and saying they're the best podcast in the world, but, you know, I <laughs> – they're winning awards. You guys got keys. I think you guys are at the same table. So uh, you look at it uh, and they're on the ice this year. I think you look at the impact that they have for our organization. They're on our ice. There's something that is a mainstay here in Pueblo. Uh, the marketing that they do, the podcast, the the hot sauce, the, and I have my own feelings on that. I'll, I'll be very, very clear about that. But uh, um, the, the things that they do are absolutely incredible. And I think for us, uh, we're, we're extremely progressive here, right? You, there's not many, you know, junior teams at the tier two level that have a player, you know, director of scouting, who's a, an active player at the NCAA level right now. Right. Uh, there's not many teams that have a coaching staff that, you know, the, the average age is, is significantly lower. And I think for us, that helps us a ton. You know, we, we attack things uh, head on. We're very transparent with our players. Uh, you know, we pride ourselves on integrity and honesty. And I think, you know, uh, 99% of the players who come through here will agree with you. Um, the 1%, I'm sure we can call them right now and, and sift that out. It's not a dead bridge. So, uh, you know, I think it's very important for for the people that come through Pueblo to understand what they're getting, right? They're getting a great product. They're getting great kids. Uh, and they're getting a very, very high level of hockey. I've talked with the other general managers and coaches in our NCDC West out here. Uh, new team with the Grizzlies. Uh, his background is incredible. They're going to be a great team. So you look at uh, the competition that we have ahead of us, um, it's going to be big. You know, we're hopping into our camp season here. Uh, we'll have our first open camp next week at our prospect camp in Pueblo. Uh, and then Memorial Day weekend, we'll uh, we'll be out in Chicago again, right? The NCDC Combine this weekend in Chicago. 
Um, that'll be a great look to, to kind of maybe get some guys to our program, meet our staff, um, you know, get, uh, get an opportunity to watch them hands on. I think, uh, and you guys know this as good as anybody, if I went off highlight reels of every single player, uh, we'd be a great team for maybe four shifts all year. Um, and I, I get that, right. I think you, you have to do your homework. Uh, character is a big piece. You know, we help out a lot with the youth program here. We do a ton of community engagement to, to develop these young men off the ice. Uh, that's not for everybody, right. It takes a certain level of discipline, demand, time management, uh, you know, recovery, things like that. So uh, when people come to Pueblo, they're going to get a top tier opportunity to, you know, uh, if they're a fan, they're going to watch great hockey. They're going to get a very professional environment. If they're a player, they're going to come here and have all the tools in the shed to use, uh, you know, to, to hone their skills. What they use is up to them. Um, but I know that we have everything here that an athlete could want. So now tunes, uh, this is an unofficial uh, behind the scenes report, but is it, is it your love of deep dish pizza that has you guys in Chicago twice in the month of May. Is this a De Bears type situation? Are we looking at some Polish sausage? What what was it? what's the double Chicago trip? Is it all pizza related, or are we looking for that great talent? Well, so this one's a little different, and you know Kevin Weeks might have dropped the ball on on the old draft, but I think a Connor Bedard jersey in in Chicago is what's drawn. Uh, no, I, I'm a Wild fan. There's no chance he'd catch me in the uh, the Blackhawks red and black. I'll wear Bulls red and black all day, but. Uh, no, honestly, I think it's uh, a great spot for a lot of different players to travel to big city, great facilities. Uh, Fifth third there does it a fantastic job. Um, you know, I think the league is going to be able to to kind of push that pace a little bit. Um, but the Cougars do a great job of hosting that facility. Um, Josh and Joe have been great with us, you know, setting up our stuff. Uh, getting us a seminar room to really kind of interact with players and their families. Um, we'll do the same thing here in Pueblo. Uh, we have Air Force's head coach, Frank Zeratori, coming down. Uh, Colorado College's head coach, Chris Mayock, coming down to speak with our athletes, um, speak about our program a little bit with uh, the interactions they've had. It's been significantly different in the past, but, you know, looking at some of the players that we have having conversations with them, um, I see that change in, uh, in a big way here soon, so... I love it, man. And you look at Chicago, you talk about a ton of airports to fly into, right? You can get yeah. to town easily. Check that information out right now if you're a hockey player looking for your place to play. And also, I don't want to miss Charlie Kressel here, the sixth round pick for you guys, but this guy could have been a first rounder. Alex, talk to me. Charlie Kressel obviously fits the mold of what you guys are looking for at this level. Talk a little Chuck for me. Yeah, hands down. Uh, I, I think Charlie, again, Super appealing, obviously, due to the player and the person, right? We, you know, uh, again, Tunes touches on Marty Wakeland. He has connections with that family as well. Uh, through those connections, you got to understand, this is a Colorado kid, right? Uh, this yeah. is someone, again, that plays at a program in the BK Selects that is a perennial talent every single year. Uh, they've got multiple programs at different age groups. We drafted a few players from them this year. Uh, again, they, all their teams are going to the national championship every year, right? They're producing – High-end talent, obviously, you talk about the pedigree there. He's going to have that same trajectory as these other players. Um, and again, for me, right, having someone that's local, uh, that age, uh, and of that talent level, I think, again, you talk about, uh, again, we want to keep the kids out west, out west, right? That's the biggest thing about this mountain division is all these players that have had to travel out east for years uh, are now going to have an opportunity to play Tier 2 level hockey, tuition-free tuition hockey, uh, close to home. Uh, so for Charlie, again, I, I think, again, this is an ideal draft pick for us. Again, someone that fits the mold from all standpoints as a player and a person uh, and as someone that, you know, is going to be close to home and, again, a hometown favorite, I think, for us. And 
uh, hopefully we can get him out to Pueblo next season as well in some standpoint. So we, we're, we're really excited about him. This is, Lucas, I'm so fired up about this hockey out here in the NCDC West. It's, it's going to be an incredible product. It's going to be an incredible league. And for me, the biggest thing that I think it does is an already growing NCAA Division I platform out in the West can only get bigger from here, right? You look at some of these bigger schools out in this West region to get more involved in the game of hockey, to put that money forth, to put NCAA Division I hockey out there. I've heard a lot of murmurs about the southern portion of the country eventually getting Division I hockey at some schools that are known for some other sports. You hope that the same thing happens out West, and as this game continues to grow with the NCDC West and beyond, it is exciting to see the future growing. Did I miss anything, Lucas, before we get to our parting words? You got anything left for the folks here? I just wanted to point out how refreshingly open the conversation has been about talking about, you know, drafting and overlap with with tier one, phase one and two and talking about stepping stones, right? Talking about things like trajectories that that the Pueblo Bulls are are here to be a process a part of the development process, right? And whether a player's trajectory is, as as you guys said, whether the Pueblo Bulls are a stepping stone or whether the Pueblo Bulls are a place where a player might spend a few years or whatever the situation might be, because as we know, it, it always changes, right? Junior teams don't always have that openness, don't always have that that honesty about what the development process is. And I mean, we, we said it when we talked about Pueblo, the city and, and Pueblo, the fans, right? We said that it's not something that every, every junior team gets. I think this openness, this honesty is also not something that every junior team gets. So I just wanted to acknowledge that from you guys and thank you for, you know, talking through some of the, the draft stuff, both now and before the draft as well. We had John and we talked a little bit about the draft. So just something to point out. I think that the openness and honesty is not something you see every day. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yep. Thank you. And we love watching what you guys do. The Pueblo Bulls, you can catch Dan Kane Lucas on a broadcast this year, I'm sure. We're going to be doing our NCDC West trip. We're going to be out there in Airbnbs traveling the country in the Dan Kane Mobile. And also, I'm sure you'll catch us ice side with a man paw the day after we do a broadcast call because that tends to be what we do. We take in the game the second day with Mr. Guerrero. We have a couple man paws. Do we get charged? Apparently not for the rest of our lives. Thank you, Mr. Guerrero, for the uh, for the, the positivity there. But we, we enjoy we enjoy everything out there. You look at this building. It is top-notch. It is first class. It is the most unique place you will play the game of junior hockey. If you're looking for a Tier 2 spot to go play, look no further than the Pueblo Bulls. Run with the Bulls, baby. Let's get the parting words. Lucas, you're wearing a Pueblo Bulls sweatshirt. The last time I wore my Pueblo Bulls sweatshirt, I was interviewing um, the Ogden Mustangs and didn't realize I had my Bulls merch on. They almost dropped off the call. Lucas, your parting words. You know, my parting words are that I just, I care. You know, it's my attention to detail, I feel, that really keeps the Dan K show going. Um, and then I feel that's a, that's a critical part of what we do. You know, just the little things that other people might miss while they're at the pool hanging out with a bucket hat on. Uh, that's all. That's all I've got to say. All right, well, that was a direct <laughs> shot at Dan K there. By you the way, see you, see you in four days, Dan. Looking forward to it. Yeah, by the way, you're flying <laughs> down with uh, with a couple of folks here. We're going to have Tristan Jensen of the Battle Creek Colonels, Lucas Jones, Jacob Smolovich coming down. Dunes, feel free to buy a ticket right now. You can fly on down to uh, Dunedin, Florida, or as you call it, Dunedin. Might yeah. as well call it Pueblo, Colorado. 
Alex Houston, you're on the road right now. You're multitasking. Talk to me. Your parting words for today's podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having on. This has been, uh, this has been a blast. Obviously, again, uh, all the things we talked about just uh, collectively with my parting words, again, I think for people who are still looking for a spot, for people that are looking for a camp to come to, again, where you're actually going to get a fair shake and have some, some real purpose, right? I think you talk about bubble. You talk about the NCDC Combine. We're doing everything we can to make sure that these players are going to have full-body experiences from our camps to in-season, to main camp, whatever it is, right? Uh, and again, Lucas, I appreciate your kind words. Uh, you talk about our, the age of our staff. You talk about our staff as, as a whole, right? We care, um, and we want to make sure that these guys are, 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 are hearing the right things, are hearing the God's honest truth. And again, uh, in Pueblo, we're, we're absolutely thrilled to see uh, how our first year goes. Uh, again, recapping that draft, it gets me even more excited to get some of these guys on the ice in a, in a Bulls jersey. Uh, and again, uh, I appreciate you guys taking some time to, to obviously talk with us, and uh, we're excited to see how this first year goes out west. Houston, the Bulls got no problems with Alex helping out here in the scouting world. And, and guys, this is a guy who's going through it right now on the ice at the NCAA level. Right? This is the guy who's playing college hockey. This is the guy who is dealing with a lot of what you're going to see, especially those families out there who are figuring out this process. It's each and every day when you were still on the ice playing a game we love having Alex on. Tunes, 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 I scared everyone at the pool. Tunes, take it away. Is it uh, is it with the chant or is it just with the the general presence? No, I think uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, <laughs> the pile on Dan K podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you, you give uh, you give Lucas the ability to get the intro. He just took the alpha. Uh, I got two things. Uh, the first thing, I love the Zoom opportunity here. Mario and Tristan taught me a very, very tough lesson. Uh, there's two mics for a reason. It doesn't matter if there's three people. You don't touch that bad boy. Uh, I get my own mic. I like that. Uh, the second, and you know, I'll kind of put you guys on the spot here. Uh, in the draft room, I like to keep it pretty light. You guys know me. I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Uh, it's festival season, right? We just had Coachella. Uh, we got some stuff going on in California. We got uh, the faster horses in Michigan. Uh, I asked our staff, uh, and again, I'll put you on put you on the spot here. Uh, you guys get a, a three artist lineup at your uh, your Dan K and Lucas J Festival. Who are we picking here? And unfortunately, Morgan Wallen's off the shelf here for the next six weeks. So yeah, uh, he's we'll on the IR to, to the first part of <laughs> July. But uh, what do we got for the dream concert here? Dead or alive? Anybody you want? Lucas, you going first? Or you want me to go first? What do you think? Uh, do you do you need me to give you some time, or you you think you got? Give it? me some time. Let me let me buy this out. You go. You go. You're Hopping the music on Spotify guy. real quick, looking at the last played. I'm not uh, even looking. I'm going through my head right now. I'll I'll tell you what. I I want to see. I would honestly put bands that I love that I haven't seen live as a cheat code to get me to see them live. So yeah. I would probably put Greta Van Fleet who is a straight up, if you haven't heard them yet, they are straight up Ooh. Zeppelin one. They are, Fire. they are like 17 or 18 years old. And it's, it's crazy how good they are. Yeah. Uh, Turnstile, a band that has bring some more punk energy. Um, this is obviously going to be a high energy rock show. Um, in, in case you haven't, uh, haven't figured that out yet. And then I'm not sure. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll go with a band here that, that the, uh, the folks in Jersey might know, uh, especially the Jersey Hitmen. This is it's a group called Carpenter Brute, and they specialize in like electronic music. Um, they are the closers. So we are going to start with rock and roll. We're going to hit it with some punk next, and look up Carpenter Brute if you're a big electronic fan because that at nighttime with a bunch of lasers and smoke, 
that is that is going to close out the show. I, I like where you're going, Lucas. I, I think I got to uh, Lucas does listen to toaster music. I call it a lot of electric <laughs> stuff, you know, a lot of beeps and, and whizzes. Uh, I'm going to probably tell you, I'm going to kick things off with a little bit. I'm going to go old school Beastie Boys. Let's bring them all back. Right. We're, we're bringing the whole crew back together. Dead or alive. You say you got to bring back the whole crew for the Beastie Boys. Then we're going to uh, bring it back down here. We're going to bring it back down. Ah, do I got to go? I get feel like I got to go real country. Sad. Get them real happy um, and get them real sad. No, we're going to go Beastie Boys, and then we're going to go original Skinner lineup, number two. So we're going the whole crew from Skinner's back. Plane never took off. We're going. And then third and finally, we're going to close things out with Rage Against the Machine. Ooh. And we're going to go. We're going to go. I just I picture this concert. You bring together three completely different walks of life and fan bases, put them all in the same building. Thing goes off. You're talking about a Coachella style experience. I feel like that's it. Could have put Modest Mouse in there. Could have gone Radiohead. Could have gone. But I feel like it's too soft for this kind of situation. I'm going Rage is my final group. Yeah, no great choice. Bulls on Parade. It doesn't get any better than that. Little Black Smoke Rising by by Greta. Use what. Uh, you want to fill them in on your top three here or what? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll get involved. Um, the, weekend, <laughs> the, the weekend, hands down, has to be there. Okay. Uh, is Morgan Wallens off the table, really? Uh, is his voice fixed? You get to, you get to choose, apparently. <laughs> you, you, did, you did say dead or alive. He's, uh, he's still kicking. So we'll go with Morgan Wallen and then, uh, and then, and then Luke Combs. Look Very at nice. this. I like the weekend with Luke Combs. That that's a juxtapose that I, I enjoy right there. It's you know, again, it's it's not all about how they gel, but more so about the experience as a whole. I think that's a killer show. I would pay top dollar for that one. Tunes, who you got? What, what are we looking at with tunes? Why do I feel like you're listening to toaster music too? You know what? I, anybody who knows me, I'm a huge music guy. Uh, you walk into the office, it might be rock, it might be the the toaster beeps and whizzes, and uh, <laughs> a little bit of rap. Uh, last weekend, uh, Ben Rector was out in Denver. Tristan actually had the chance to go see him. Ben Rector would be at mine. Uh, I asked him who he was going to see about six times. He told me every time. Uh, I actually went and looked him up, and I know quite a few songs. Uh, Fleetwood Mac is on there for me. Uh, and then wow. at the end of the night, we're uh, we're gonna wrap it up with the uh, the original Foo Fighters. Uh, I was supposed to see them last summer, and then obviously uh, had a had a tragic accident there. So uh, a little bit of everything. Uh, I think a lot of people about their eye because I don't have any rap on there. Uh, Big E Forty guy, so uh, he would be the uh, the the encore bonus. Tell you what, I got to see the Foo Fighters live at Fenway Park. There we I go. saw them there. They were playing right on the Green Monster. It was absolutely insane. Looking at Dave roll up on the monster. Nothing that's a, like that's it. That's a New I, York accent. That's not a Boston hey, accent. You shut up. You shut up. <laughs> you know what? My parting words now. No one else gets to speak. It's my time to shine. What I want to say to the folks at home, you heard the word professionalism used a lot today, right? And and I think that it, it's finding our theme. And I love what Alex is doing here. I love what Toons is doing. I love what Pueblo is doing in terms of, of themes, right? We need, whenever we're getting better at something, whether it's getting better at our job every day for the parents listening, whether it's getting better in the gym every day, whether it's getting better at hanging out by the pool in a bucket hat and a tank, whether it's getting better on the ice, we need a theme to what we're doing. It keeps us activated, it keeps us under control, and it keeps us moving towards a target point, right? It keeps us moving towards an objective. And we need to find those objectives with those themes. Professionalism, Alex knows who he's looking for. He's looking for a guy 
to come into his organization and play a way that he knows they can play and to perform to a level that he knows they can perform to and to continue to do that every day. And he knows with professionalism behind that player that it's not going to happen every day. But when it doesn't, they can recalibrate, they can reset, they can recharge, and they can re-object. They can put themselves right back onto that objective, point towards it, get the job done, have that theme, find your theme. My theme right now in the offseason, it's mixing that relaxation. It's making sure you won before you hang out in the sun. That's what I say here, folks. It's making sure you've won before you hang out in the sun. I got to get going because I've got a golf match against Steve Alexi, former Pittsburgh Penguin right here tomorrow. He might outdrive me by a bit, but I'm going to put a couple balls in holes here. I'm going to be putting lights out around the green. I'm calling a 73 tomorrow from Southern Hills here in Florida. That's the call, boys. I'm holding I hear someone that. was about to hold me to a 73 tomorrow. If I yeah. shoot a 73 tomorrow at Southern Hills, you guys might never hear from me again. I might get my <laughs> tour card. <laughs> but everybody, we thank you. Thank you guys for joining us. Alex Houston, Tyler Tunberg, Lucas Jones. When Dan Kay's on a mic, it's always hockey night. Remastered sleep, water bottle of your dreams. Get yours today. Dan Kay show a checkout for 10% off. Run with the Bulls, our presenting sponsor, the Pueblo Bulls. These guys are absolute certified beauticians. They're doing it right from top to bottom. Jerry Wilhite and everything he does for this game. We just gave out the Jerry and Lori Wilhite scholarship. Lucas, how fun was that to give out? Francesco Cicchetto gets that one. We also give out the first ever Dan Casho scholarship. Duncan Roman, I'm thinking Duncan gets that one. Our coffee review today as we close it out from our friends at Duncan. Uh, blueberry roast today. A little blueberry roast Duncan coffee from the summer series. Well, that's a lot of blueberry. That's what I'm going to say about that one. And it's uh, it's a 7.2. Thanks to the fine folks at Duncan uh, running us there. When Dan Kay's on a mic, it's always hockey and I keep watching, folks. I'm going to turn that into a graphic. <laughs> Duncan, that, that's a lot of blueberry. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the most watched show in junior hockey, The Dan K Show, presented by the Pueblo Bulls. For more information about The Dan K Show, head to www.dankshow.com.